welcome to the Apache Cassandra Corner, a community-driven podcast for all things Apache Cassandra. I am your host, Aaron Pletz. All right, everyone. Um, welcome back. Um, today, I'm joined by John Headed, um, who's a longtime member of the Apache Cassandra community. John, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so this was this was kind of your idea. You know, we were talking at the uh, the Cassandra Summit back in December, and you're like, "Hey, you know, I'd love to do the podcast." And you know, that's yeah. that, that's that's really great. Um, to be honest, like this time of year, like January ish, you know. Last year, I took a little bit of a break, called call like a natural break between seasons. So technically, this would be like episode one of season three, I think. Oh, so I love it, man. So yeah, you're, you're leading us off here, John. Oh, God, that's that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I hope I hope I set the uh, the season up on, you know, the right foot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I have uh, I have no doubts. <laughs> all right all right so, so pressure's on <laughs> <laughs> so so john you know of, of course you know you've been in the community a while why don't you start by a you know telling us a little about yourself and then b uh yeah. how you got involved with cassandra yeah absolutely uh and you know it's interesting because as we were uh you know talking about doing this i had to go back on linkedin and and look, I actually had to look at my resume to figure out when I started using Cassandra, <laughs> and it was uh, it was like 2013. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I'm. It's kind of funny. It's one of those things. Uh, I was working at this startup uh, in the LA area, and um, we were using a lot of MongoDB there, and like some Neo4j, and and it oh was sure, a bunch of, sure. It was a bunch of it was a bunch of tech that didn't really make sense for what we were doing. And right. I had I had read the um like the original like Cassandra book, which was, you know, it talked about thrift and and kind of the underlying storage engine. So I had the storage engine in my head. I had the um, you know, I had how the cluster kind of behaves in my head. And like I I, I knew I knew that. And and then I was like, okay, let's let's leverage Cassandra. Um for this new project, uh, it was actually sorry. It wasn't really a new project. It was it was yeah, a project yeah. that was not running well with all the Mongo <laughs> stuff, or like all that other. And I kind of just replaced everything with Cassandra. And I was in this this position where it was like Cassandra one point one was out, um, and uh, CQL was like CQL three. You could it was like brand new. Yeah, it was brand new. Yeah. Nobody was using it. This was everybody was like, "What is this craziness?" <laughs> and I, I looked at it and I was like, this is awesome. Like, this makes total sense. Like, yep, I love schema. I, I to me, like the idea of having no schema um, for the for a database is like, just it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I want to be able to look and just look at it and tell me what it is. So, I, so I'm with you on that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people just like want to put it in their app. But for me, mm -hmm. for me, I like I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a database guy more than I am the application guy. So. Um, so yeah, I, I, I got that into production and then I started writing about it. Uh, and then all of a sudden I'm doing like webinars, uh, about our move from Mongo to Cassandra and I'm writing mm -hmm. about time series on Cassandra and how CQL maps to the underlying storage engine. Um, and that stuff, it, it turned out was, uh, pretty popular. 
And Datastax was a really young company at the time. Yep. Um, yep. So I ended up getting involved with like Patrick McFadden and Christian Hasker. And like all of a sudden now, like, you know, I'm, I'm in the community and I'm on IRC and, uh, <laughs> you know, going back and forth with the committers who, right, you know, right. at the time I was like, oh my God, I'm like talking to the, like these people are just so smart. And, I, I know, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I get the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's just so many smart people that, that work on this project. That's right. And uh, and then when I decided to leave that startup, uh, I ended up coming to Datastax and, and working with Patrick yeah. Uh, yeah. for like three or four years. And it was awesome. Like we, we it was kind of this like perfect moment in time as Cassandra was getting bigger. Yep. All of a sudden they're yep. putting on, uh, I don't know if you remember Cassandra Day, um, but we were getting like, Five to eight hundred people would show up for these like free Cassandra conferences. Oh yeah, yeah, there you have the shirt. I love it. Yeah, I've, I've got the shirt from it. This is like from 2015 in Chicago. Yeah, yeah that that's the one. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It was it was awesome. I it really was. Cassandra. Yeah, yeah. Getting for me, like I didn't realize how much I loved getting up and talking about technology and like helping people understand yeah. it. Like it was yeah. it was a huge deal for me. I went from being like a guy that worked on small teams and startups to being like a person that's helped thousands of people learn how to use this, you know, this database. Oh, right. Um, right. And yeah, it was, it was just this incredible kind of journey for me. And then that led me uh, eventually to the last pickle uh, with Aaron Morton and Nate McCall, yep, um, yep. who were kind of hilarious or both uh, at Datastacks now. At Datastacks now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I ended up, I ended up doing all the, uh, a lot of consulting over there, um, and and I got really, really, really into the performance stuff. Sure, um, sure. And uh, you know, building out tools for performance evaluation, things like that. So, uh, you know, eventually, then then all of a sudden, I'm at Apple, and I'm working on the 4.0 upgrade, and building That's out right. all the tools. That's right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. It's crazy because it's like all of a sudden, one thing just kind of leads to another, and then I'm like, wait, I'm like working on this like crazy like Kubernetes based like system that's evaluating whether or not we have defects in Cassandra and I built all this automation around it and like there's all this like distributed tracing and like all, all this like really cool stuff that allowed you to yeah, um, yeah. allowed us to figure out like if Cassandra was was broken mm-hmm. um, and we and we found a lot of bugs through that uh, and then you know then all of a sudden I'm at Netflix and it's like I'm like fixing production issues at Netflix and doing all this like performance tuning I'm like the most critical clusters that that we had in the company and like you know it it was it's just kind of like when you take a step back it's been an incredible experience like working working with this database and becoming like so familiar with it has has really given me a oh huge, for sure yeah just an amazing career and I look back at it I mean I'm not like 70 you know I'm, I'm in the middle of it still uh <laughs> but I, I look at it and it's just like it's it's allowed me to do something that I never would have thought was possible. Um, so that, that's a super long-winded answer. Uh, <laughs> no, that but, that's um, great. That that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you you mentioned a, a lot of the places that that you work too. And I mean, in all of those places, were like you know, like a lot of the a lot of the big players in the uh, in the Cassandra world. Um, you know, especially you know talking about like uh, like Apple and Netflix, with just just like the sheer scale of of clusters yeah. that that they have and, and that you're working on. And and I can just imagine that working at that extreme scale. I mean, I worked at Target, which I mean, we had a, we had a 200 node cluster and, 
you know, and several several others that were pretty big. But we we were nothing like you know what what Apple and Netflix are at. So I just think that's yeah. super cool. And I can imagine like the lessons that you learn, you know, working at that gigantic scale must just be must just be awesome. Yeah, it, it's really remarkable because like I think um, when you know we did a lot of like I said I did a lot of performance tuning with mm -hmm. uh, with the last pickle, but we didn't really build the automation that people were using to manage environments that large. So going from going from that where I was primarily focused on kind of diag like diagnosing what was going on in the cluster, fixing an issue, like looking at individual nodes, to mm -hmm. looking at an environment where there's like two hundred thousand nodes in production, like at Apple. Um, or at Netflix, um, I think it's like 25 or 30,000 nodes, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But tons, tons of clusters and kind of the automation to like deal with problems as they pop up. Um, it's really remarkable because it's like things that, that are really, that seem really small at small scale. They, there are small things like a node replacement, right? Oh, sure. You might have yeah. someone do a node replacement by hand, but you literally cannot do that at apple scale it's 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 like it's going to burn people out so you have to have these these incredibly sophisticated systems in place and and the team i mean the teams at, at apple and netflix are are amazing like they're just world class like they're literally um dealing with with the most crazy scale uh so every little problem can become a huge problem when when it becomes a problem you know 10,000 times. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. 200,000 yeah. times. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was, it was really, really great to, to be able to work on that stuff. Um, yeah, I, again, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate to, to have been there and been able to learn so much, uh, along the way from everybody. Um, and it's kind of put me in this, it kind of put me in this really great position. Uh, when I left Netflix about a year ago, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was I wasn't sure what I was going to do uh, with at the next stage of my career, and I was like, "All right, like, you know, I took a little bit of time off, and I was kind of thinking yeah, about it, yeah. and I was like, what did I what did I remember? Like, what's the best things that I have done in my career?' And I wrote them all down, and I was like, "Honestly, I think I need to start my own company and just do this because <laughs> I love helping people, I love fixing problems, I actually really like putting out dumpster fires." Uh, you know, when it, whenever there's like an, if people come to me and they're like production, it's crazy. Like, I'm like, oh, slick my lips. I'm like, mm, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and, uh, and then I can, you know, then I can help people get over it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's before and after. It's just so much fun to be like, look at the change here. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Accomplish. Um, so that's, that's kind of what brought me to my current situation. Uh, where I'm yeah. just, you know, rocking well, out of my own. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. So um, along your roles along the ways, and I mean, I'm going to hone in specifically on the uh, the last pickle. Um, mm -hmm. You wrote a, a lot of great articles out there that that have been super helpful. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to specifically point out the um, Cassandra performance tuning uh, compression with mixed workloads one. Mm -hmm. um, I actually use that quite a bit at uh, at Target. The uh, the tips you have in there around around really, you know, kind of like tuning, you know, Cassandra itself to the to the workloads that are that are coming in it just it was super helpful um the specifically yeah. like the, uh, the the chunk size uh parameter that that's on the table so you can like kind of shorten up how much you're reading off a disk at the time and not reading too much or too little and yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah re it's it's interesting because it's the number one problem the, the number one issue that I see with clusters and I'm probably 
like shooting myself in the foot by always talking about it because it's probably <laughs> like costing me business, but I just can't help it. Uh, it's it literally is the number one um, issue that I see. People will be, uh, you know, people will have like a a, a right heavy workload, and yep. they'll be doing yep. some reads, right? But the the cost of doing the reads is so high, especially if they're using lightweight transactions or counters, or if they just have small oh, reads right. in general. Yeah, because, yeah. Because the read amplification, both from compression and read ahead, is so massive that you could be reading like 2K worth of data, but doing 128 or 256 or reading like a meg of data if you're hitting four SS tables and they're not in your page, page cache. Um, or, or uh, yeah, depend, depending on a number of scenarios, you could read a ton of data just to, oh, yeah. just to return a tiny bit of information. Um, and so, you know, that's, it's, it's really, really interesting because it kind of led me down um, now where I'm like, you know, I'm kind of now obsessed with this suite of tools uh, that I've been using, the, these observability tools, which have been phenomenal. Uh, BCC tools, I've been doing a lot of work with profilers. I talk about those a lot. Mm -hmm. I actually mm -hmm. just did a couple of videos in, in my YouTube channel um, where, uh, you know, I, I kind of show people how, they can be done. And, and I actually oh, spoke nice. about this at the Cassandra conference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's really interesting when you start doing the math and you realize that, you know, you're doing like 30 times the IO on disk that you're pushing through the network. And it's just yeah. like, wow, like if I've, if I completely saturate my, my drive and that's, that's my main limiting factor here. And then you're also like decompressing more data, uh, which means that you're putting more pressure on the CPU and, and things just kind of don't work that well. And it's actually the reason why that setting was changed in 4.0. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, mm -hmm. that default is now 16 um, because right. you get roughly the same compression rate, but for small reads, you're doing, you can literally do four times as many reads. Yep. Which is like, it's kind of wild. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, um, if if I'm remembering right, though, um, that change has to be made like in conjunction with, it, it, with like a change to the page cache, or or, or like the that's, disk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so that that's the disk read uh, ahead, read right? Ahead. Read ahead, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the way the way read ahead works is when you have a request that goes to your disk, um, the first thing that happens is that 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 gets sent from the application. And then the kernel is like, hey, how about I go ahead and just read a bunch of data first, pull it into the page cache, and then you mm -hmm. get the response out of page cache. Right. So there are some really nice utilities where you can um, you can take a look at like what's happening at the file system level. So oh, okay. if you use a, a tool called XFS Slower, if you're using the XFS file system, um, okay. and this nice. exists for for all the Linux file systems, yeah, you can yeah. you can kind of you can look at every single request that comes in, or you can look at requests that are slower than a, a specific time, but you can pass zero and see every single request. <laughs> and then and then you can use a tool called uh, BioLatency. BioLatency will show you the latency distribution of all of your IO requests. And there's also one called Byte Size, where you can see the, the distribution of the size. So you'll get histograms for both. So with all those tools put together, you can, you can actually get a really good idea of what's happening at your file system level and then what's happening mm -hmm. at the block level. And then you combine wow. that with a tool <laughs> called cache stat, and then you can get an idea of your overall cache effectiveness. 
So like I actually had worked on um, a performance problem uh, at Netflix where like a team thought that we had, there, there was a database migration and we had moved from like uh, version two to version three, but, but also from instant storage to EBS. And so like a lot yeah. of things changed. And so, uh, you know, EBS had, it's, it's still in some areas has a bad reputation, but the thing is it's improved a ton. Like EBS is, if you use it right, it's pretty phenomenal right now. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not cheap. Um, especially if you use it wrong, uh, and you, and, you know, you, you have to read the head on it's, it's not cheap at all. Um, yep. but if you, if you dial it in, right, it's, it's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. anyway, the team was blaming EBS and this was like a 600 node cluster. We had just migrated and it took two years. <laughs> and so it is the migration I got there. Yeah, I showed up at the oh tail end of this migration, and, they, and it was like, John, like, what do you think about this? And I was like, well, and I pulled up all the tools I just mentioned, and I was like, look, yeah. like, here's here's the analysis. I go, look at bio latency. Uh, we can see that there isn't a single IR request that that is over um, two milliseconds. Um, when we look at the the file system distribution, we see that we're not getting anything slow. Uh, yep. We see a we see a bimodal distribution where some stuff comes out of page cache and some stuff goes to disk, and then with cache stat we know that we were getting ninety nine percent cache hit rate. Mm -hmm. So so it doesn't explain and and we were seeing four SS tables per read uh, at the ninety ninth percentile. So it didn't explain why our at the the tail end of our latency was up around a hundred milliseconds, um, and it was Yikes. I think the like yeah <laughs> the P ninety like eight was like six and the P99 was like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's a big jump. <laughs> yeah, people are like, oh, it's EBS. But you know, when you do yeah. the evaluation, it you can get really good numbers out of the kernel nowadays. It tells you exactly what you need to know. Yep. And so I, yep. you know, I was like, I'm a hundred percent sure it's not this. And then <laughs> when you when we looked at the schema, um it had been accidentally configured with read repair chance set to 0.01. But we were running multiple data centers, so it was so we were actually getting penalized because it was going out and doing cross DC doing like read cross repair. DC read repair, exactly. And then that oh, was getting God. yeah. So that that was the root that ended up being the root cause of the problem. So yeah, like yeah. so for, it, it's interesting for me because the cost of switching all of your disks out and moving everything to new instances mm -hmm. would have been like a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Again, Netflix Netflix is great because the automation is there, but still had to happen. People would have been nervous um then we would have had to like make sure that there was no data loss along the way and like it, it would have been a whole thing but yep. because yep. of these tools i was able to evaluate with almost no work that it wasn't ebs ebs was completely fine um we never saw a single request go to disk that was like over three milliseconds um and just changing that one setting brought like as soon as we changed the setting everything was fine and everybody was like oh it was it was easy. It's like yeah, it was literally just one setting. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, long story, kind of a long story, but yeah, but no, no, it's, it's cool. Always, it's cool. Yeah, it's always why it's why I always talk about these tools, and I and you know I, I right? try to get I try to get everybody to to use this stuff because it's so good. It's so mm -hmm. good, uh, and uh, the insight that you can get out of it is absolutely amazing. <laughs> that's that's awesome, John. Um, so, so, Hey, we've, um, 
we we've talked about um you know your your new consulting gig a little bit but um you know one thing that i'd heard was that you're now offering like training courses as well yes yeah yes. can you tell I us am, a little bit about that i would love to uh so <laughs> i am i am so excited about this um one of the things that i realized with consulting is that i was only able to help a small group of people at a time right so i come right. in you know, maybe I have a multi-month engagement with somebody and like, you know, it's great. I'm, I'm able to help people and solve their problems, but um, I want to do more than that. I want to have a bigger impact than that. And uh, what I realized is if I could take the experience that I have and share it with, you know, a group of people, um, I could help a lot of people go from good developers or, or good operators to ones that actually have the benefit of, of the experience of working at these large organizations. See, right. one of the big right. problems that, that happens is that when you, when you don't get to see how these teams work, you don't really know how things should work. So, you know, I've worked with a team that managed a thousand Cassandra nodes by uh, changing configuration by hand or like going through these like crazy change processes. Oh, man. Yeah, everything was done by hand. Like literally if they wanted to install, they wanted to add a new Cassandra node, they had someone copying a, a, a tarball on and pasting configs in. Like oh. it, it's these, and, and so, you know- oh, I that sounds so this. painful. Yeah, it, and it was, it was. And, and you know, they, of course they have configuration like differences and, and configuration drift right yeah, yeah but exactly. yeah i think a lot of that and, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah very inconsistent um it, everything becomes inconsistent at that point or at least a risk of being inconsistent so right. it, it's a it's a big problem so what i'm what i'm trying to do is is help people by by sharing the insights that i picked up along the way um because there isn't anybody else doing this there's a lot of information out there like DataStax Academy, I help build DataStax Academy. It's a ton yeah, of good yeah. information. It will get you to a, a reasonable point where you can like run Cassandra, um, where you understand kind of the fundamentals of it. Um, but like, there's a certain scale, there's a certain type of problem that only like exists at massive scale. Uh, and that's why right. I've, I've, right. I've shared things like my time series at massive scale blog post and, and my uh, videos about that, and, uh, town halls and things like that. Um, so it's really trying to to help people um, become that good, where where they're aware of the best practices, uh, how to do things at this huge scale, where they can mm -hmm. build the right tools and they can become um, they can become amazing operators. Yeah, and, yeah, help them level up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, I think um, you know I. I I'll keep like consulting is, is a thing that I enjoy doing. I enjoy helping people. Um, but in the ideal world for me, like I would love to be able to just kind of build these training, uh, these training programs and like, you know, some of them would be longer. Like this one that I'm the first one that I'm doing, uh, is called operator excellence. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've, I've got a ton, I've got a whole bunch of information at rustyrazorblade.com slash training. Um, sure. and it's an eight week program meeting once a week for 90 minutes. And the cool thing about it is that it's not just me talking about how things are going to work. It's I'm actually bringing up like lab environments, like sandbox lab environments that, that we're going to be breaking. We're going to be fixing. 
Um, they're going to be just, you know, it, people are going to get really hands-on in the way that, that helped me become like, get to the point that I'm at now. Mm -hmm. um, sure. And, and I think that by passing on that information, I think it's, it's a good thing for the community. Um, it's a good thing for, you know, for me just personally, it's very rewarding. Um, so I, I'm really hoping that, uh, I'm really hoping it catches on and I definitely want to, yeah, I want to do, I, want, I just want to do more of these. Oh, nice. So, so that's on your, your website then rustyrazorblade.com. Yeah. So, uh, when you, when you go there, you'll, you would see like, you know, you'll see some, the blog is the first thing you see, but yep. you can get there. There's training in the top corner. Um, and registration, I just opened up registration this week. Uh, so, okay. so now you can, you can go in and people can sign up. Um, nice. Yeah. So a bunch of people have signed up already. The class is actually already half full. So we're like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. I've gotten really great feedback. Um, and I'm, I'm actually going to be, uh, joined by, uh, Jordan West. Um, oh, right. also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, he also worked at Apple also yep. worked at Netflix. Yep. Like, uh, we've, we, we actually fixed several issues while I was at Netflix together. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had to pair up and, and fix some like really weird, uh, really weird issues. Um, so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, and I think to me, I think the opportunity to kind of learn from two committers who have both been at Apple and Netflix and have literally done this at like the biggest scale in the world. Right. Um, right. To me, to me, it's like, there's no better way to take your, your Cassandra, like kind of career and, and grow, um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so that, that's, that's my, that's the, that's my pitch. I, I, I <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really kind of, I'm, I'm really trying to provide a lot of value for people. Nice. That that's, yeah. that's awesome, John. Um, yeah. well, Hey, I think we're at time. Uh, I just want to mm -hmm. say, John, this has been really great. It's always a pleasure when our paths cross. Um, I agree. <laughs> so, Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Hey, everyone right. have a good one. We'll see you. And that's all for today. Thank you for listening to the Apache Cassandra Corner. Apache Cassandra is a registered trademark of the Apache Software Foundation. Thank you and have a great day.